It's the 7 o'clock hour, and you're listening to the Morning Blitz. Oh, are we on the air? Sort of, yeah. Rick Corey. That's right. Had... Keep trying to get out of it. Brees Hulse. <laughs> Bryce Hulse. I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> Coming to you from the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio on the Blitz 1170. And yes, it's as much fun as it sounds. 701 here on the Blitz 1170. That's Bryce in the next room. By the way, that whole Brees thing, the big voice guy actually said it wrong once, and Jeremy thought it was kind of cool, so he left it in there. Um, uh, but it happens. Yeah, I'll take it. it, it yeah, whatever, right? As long as you don't call me late for dinner, as the old saying goes. <laughs> All right, still to come at this hour, Larry Turner from over in Owasso going into another Hall of Fame. That dude's, a, as I said, a high school baseball legend. And then Lance Walker, just a little over an hour from now. Uh, our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line is 918-262-5072. We certainly encourage you to be on it. Had some folks texting in for the Tulsa ticket, so good luck to you. Uh, 6984, good luck. Hope you win those. Uh, meanwhile, we want to hear from you about the weekend's games and who you're going to pick and what you think the best storyline is. I mean, Bryce and I can have opinions all day, and we do. It's our job. But what's your best storyline? I mean, I know there's a lot of Kansas City fans here, and there's a pretty good Buffalo Mafia here, you know, Bills Mafia here too. Oh, yeah? So I'm sure there are some folks, you know, and you've got Niners fans like Jeremy, and if Jeremy Poppins not wearing a Blitz shirt or a Tulsa shirt, it's a Niners shirt. And really, mm-hmm. in football, it's mostly Niners. During football season, some Tulsa, mostly Niners. Yeah. And right about now, it'll be all Niners. I mean, guys like him who love the Niners. I mean, you got, you got fans of everybody everywhere. So let me know what you think is the best storyline of this set of playoffs. 703, uh, we'll have not sports in a moment. Before we do that, Triad Eye Institute brings you this dude. Fire up Huey Lewis for a trip back in time. It's Today in Sports History with Bryce Hulse. On the Blitz 1170, brought to you by Triad Eye Institute. Now, grabbing the back of a Jeep while on his skateboard, it's Bryce Hulse. This day in sports history, January 19th, 1934, baseball commissioner Kennesaw Mountain Landis denies shoeless Joe Jackson's appeal for reinstatement. Jackson was one of eight Chicago White Sox players banned for their part in throwing the 1919 World Series against the Cincinnati Reds. I saw eight men out like a few minute, few moments ago, I think, or a fun- few months ago. It was all right. 1953, Jesse Owens named Illinois Athletic Commission secretary. 1963, Australian Championship men's tennis. Roy Emerson wins first of five straight Australian titles. Beats countryman Ken Fletcher, 6-3, 6-3, and 6-1. 1972, the Baseball Writers Association of America elects Sandy Koufax, Yogi Berra, and Early Wynn to the Hall of Fame. One year earlier, the writers had failed to elect anyone to the Hall. Koufax makes it his first try and at 36 years of age is the youngest honoree in history. 1974, UCLA's 88-game winning streak is snapped when Notre Dame overcomes an 11-point deficit in the final 3 minutes and 32 seconds to win 71-70. With 29 seconds remaining, Dwight Clay's jump shot from the right corner gives the Irish the lead. 1981, Muhammad Ali talks a despondent 21-year-old out of committing suicide. 1983, Ozzie Smith becomes the first $1 million shortstop in Major League Baseball, signing a 3-year contract with the St. Louis Cardinals. 1992, John Cook is the first golfer in PGA history to chip in on two consecutive holes to win a playoff after he edges Gene Sowers in the Bob Hope Classic. 1995, Baltimore Orioles owner Peter Angelos announced that his team will not use replacement players if the strike is not settled before opening day. 2000, Michael Jordan, who led the Chicago Bulls to six NBA championships as a player, returns to the NBA, joining the Washington Wizards as part owner and president of basketball operations. 2002, the Tuck Rule Game, AFC Divisional Playoff. With under two minutes to play, New England Patriots trail the Oakland Raiders 13-10 in a driving snowstorm 
when Tom Brady fumbles a, a rule that, when Tom Brady's fumble is ruled an incomplete pass. Patriots win 16 to 13 in overtime. 2003 NFC Championship at Veterans Stadium in Philadelphia. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat Philadelphia Eagles 27 to 10. 2005 LeBron James becomes the youngest player at 20 years and 20 days in NBA history to record a triple double with 27 points, 11 rebounds, and 10 assists in Cleveland's 107 to 101 win over Portland. 2013 Earl Weaver, American Hall of Fame MLB manager, passes away from a heart attack at the age of 82. 2013, Lance Armstrong admits to doping in all seven of his Tour de France victories. 2014, Russell Wilson throws a 35-yard touchdown pass on fourth down, and Seattle's top-ranked defense forces two late turnovers, lifting the Seahawks into their second Super Bowl win with a or, to their second Super Bowl with a 23-17 victory over the San Francisco 49ers. 2020 NFC Championship at Levi's Stadium, San Francisco 49ers beat the Green Bay Packers 37-20, and that same year for the AFC Championship at Arrowhead Stadium. Kansas City beats the Tennessee Titans 35-24. to Birthday is today, January 19th. 1932, Joe Schmidt, Hall of Fame Lions linebacker. 1954, Steve DeBerg, former Bucks and Chiefs quarterback. 1966, Stefan Edberg, Swedish tennis player and six Grand Slam single titles. 1969, Luke Longley, former Bulls center. 1974, Walter Jones, Hall of Fame Seahawks tackle. 1988, JaVale McGee, Sun center. 1991, Tommy Fleetwood, British golfer. In 1999, Jonathan Taylor, Colts running back. And that is This Day in Sports History, brought to you by Triad Eye Institute. It's 7.07 here on the Blitz 1170. That is Bryce Hulse. I'm Rick Corey. We are looking at about 16 degrees outside right now. Yeah, it is cold. Actually, ooh, we've dropped. Looks like we're more like 12. So, hey, don't worry. It's going to rocket all the way up to like 23 or 24 today. Now we're so, yeah, I mean, light sweater is all you're going to need. <laughs> right. All right, so let's do some not sports, shall we? Um, uh, were you a fan of the Polar Express movie, or did you care? I was not much of a fan. I was I was on the same wavelength as a Pop was about that, where I was just kind of, eh, it looks it's a little weird It's a little creepy. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, there were times, right, because of the way they filmed it and all that kind of thing, and the actors actually wore the green suits and went through the motions, and uh, it created mm. some really interesting moments, but you did have to kind of get past that almost AI look. Yeah, that odd yeah. animation. <laughs> well, they're about to have some more hot chocolate. Looks like they're going to do a Polar Express 2. Uh, Gary course. Getzman uh, has re-teamed with Hanks. They've had several prospect, very good you know, things together. As a matter of fact, they did Masters of the Air, which I cannot wait for. Hmm. It's about the Army 8th Air Force during yeah, World War II. Yeah. It's going to be on Apple TV later in January, and it will be one thing. I will buy something just to see that. Right. As Hanks does such a good job with those kinds of things, and I've read so much about the 8th Air Force and what they went through and the, you know, the losses and what those – I mean, just – the chances mm. of even coming back from a regular mission. So I'm I'm excited to see that one. But the two decided they're going to give it a shot again. So we are, it looks like we're going to have Polar Express 2 maybe by next Christmas if you happen to be a fan. Uh, okay, speaking of travel, that was travel. It was, an, it, was a, it was a train. Remember last week we had a story about a, an airline we'd never heard of called SpiceJet. Yes. Well, we have another story about SpiceJet. SpiceJet is a discount Asian airline. They fly all over places. In this case, they were all over Asia and Africa. Well, a passenger on SpiceJet going from Mumbai to Bengaluru goes to the bathroom and can't get out. It's stuck. They can't get out. And people know he's in there. I mean, pounding on the door, the whole number, and stuck. Spent the entire flight in the toilet of the SpiceJet airplane. Now, you've probably been in an airplane toilet. 
and it, it's not very big. Okay. Doesn't smell the best. Mm. There's no seat belt. Uh, yeah, see that? That's yeah. A, we reached some turbulence. That's uh-huh. a nightmare situation. Yeah. They did everything they could to get the person out. Could not do it. They slid a note under the door for instructions. Still good. couldn't do it. And, and, the, and they finally slid one under the door. They said, don't panic. We're landing in a few minutes. Uh, it said, close it. And it said, close the commode lid and oh, yeah. sit on it. And then, you know, hold the sides, you know, do whatever you can do to keep yourself in, in place. And an engineer is going to come on the plane. Two engineers came down on the plane. All right. Now, you would think that if you thought this through building the airplane, and I told you, I rebuilt bathrooms for one of my fundraisers. Yeah. I cleaned and rebuilt bathrooms for MD-80s. Nasty. Ugh. Nasty, nasty. Plus, very modular. You know, they just make them and they can set them in there, right? right? Which makes sense. So you would believe that from the outside, there's a way to get that door open, right? Nope. They had to break the door. They had to break it down to get it off before this person actually was able to get out of the toilet. See, the good where- news is, you know, they had no worries about the toilet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, bad news is you don't know what's going to happen with turbulence. And then the other bad news, what about the other passengers? That's a, that's a big point. Should be a t- should be another toilet, right? Should be two. So hopefully the other toilet was not well, too backed I, up. After they broke that down, I would have been like, well, I could have done that. You know, you could have just told me to just bust this thing down as right. if, I, if I could, you know. Yeah, you're to thinking least. engineers are going to come on and they're going to have all this, you know, there's a way to, un, you know, undo this thing and yeah. they're going to take that door off and away we go. Nah, they just broke it down. All right. <laughs> whatever it takes to get somebody out of Spice Jet's toilet. I'm just telling you, if you're ever, for whatever reason, on Spice Jet, don't go on the, don't go on the turtle. Spicy in there. All right. So uh, down in Phoenix, they wanted to promote their light rail. They did it by having a fourth annual No Pants Day. So the Valley Metro Rails on Sunday lets you get on, and they call it just an urban prank. Uh, it involves participants without any pants, skirts, or shorts, but they are wearing undergarments or some other clothing item, and they ride the light rail into downtown Phoenix. And there are pictures here, if you choose. Nobody's naked. Right. Everybody had to be covered. But they are riding in, like, underwear and boxers and things like this. And I I just don't get the connection. Like, like why is this a thing? Because that's a very good thing to wonder. <laughs> you know, I, this is going to sound funny, but if you were going to have a nude day on the rail, I'd mm. get it because there are people who do that. <laughs> yeah, there are people who do that for free, They're right? right. <laughs> there are people who do that. They like that. You know, there's a naturalist colony, mm. not far, well, colony, facility not far from Tulsa. Oh. Yeah, there is. And uh, naturist, I guess they call it. I can't Trist. remember. Anyway, they have... I know people... I know. Have people, you interviewed them before? Is it, actually, is? we have, yes. <laughs> I know people who do that. Actually, I do know people who go there. Uh, wow. It's not my thing because this body should always... I shower in a bathing suit. This body <laughs> should always be covered. But, you know, the, for people who like that, I can kind of see that. And it's just one of those deals where, you know, you kind of close it off, blah, blah, blah. I don't really get this one. And no. why, why just... The pants. I, I I don't get I I don't get the whole infatuation with it to be perfectly honest. But you're right. I mean I, I would see that in normal situations. My my subway experience, my lone yeah. subway experiences yeah. when I was yeah. in New York City for one trip were pretty tame. Have have you had pretty normal subway experiences? Yeah, I rode the we rode the subway to the Yankee game and yeah, uh, then rode the Mets it, game. Yeah, yeah, and and, and uh, it had no problems. Actually, we ended up when we were covering nine eleven one time in, in the five year mark of nine eleven, we went and did a bunch of shows up there in New York, and we rode the subway everywhere. We went over to Brooklyn, we went all over the place on the subway, 
And yeah, I never had any issues with it. And then not that this is an issue. And if you look at the pictures, it's actually kind of tame. I just don't get it. I'm not sure why that honestly is supposed to up ridership. <laughs> exactly. Oh, there's more people in their underwear. Right. Let's... So yeah, there's a chance. So you're telling me if I go down there, there's a chance I'm going to see somebody in just their shirts and their yeah. shorts? No, I don't I don't think that's mm-hmm. the case. Uh, we're, we come up on Valentine's Day. So as we switch gears, zoos in New York and Texas are once again offering you the opportunity to name a cockroach after your ex, <laughs> which is, I think, a really, I think it's brilliant. It's a Madagascar hissing coach, uh, cockroach. And you can name them after, you know, give them that as kind of as your Valentine gift and name them after nice. your ex. But they've gone further than that this year. The San Antonio Zoo is offering a candle. The scent is hippo poop. And you can send that to somebody if you want. Oh, nice. Which I, I just can't imagine. Nay, I can't imagine. Yeah, I yeah. I don't odd. see it. Now, the, Let's the, stick with the cockroach. The cockroach is kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, but the, I don't I don't get the other one. Um, and this this story from Colorado, and you would think this would be a Florida story. So a woman buys a home. Then the home is kind of a mess. There's stuff everywhere, kind of a reclaimed property, if you will. So she goes and buys this house. There was a mother and a son living there, and they move out, and they leave all kinds of stuff. I mean, just left stuff everywhere. Mm. So this woman gets online in Colorado and says, hey, come get whatever you want. It's all free. And just puts a, a call out there because there was furniture. There were those, you know, have you ever seen a house when somebody doesn't take anything? Yeah, there was just, this, yeah, right, everywhere. So people start coming over and showing up and they start taking things. Well, out in the garage, there was a deep freeze. And they looked in the deep freeze and there was a bunch of animal meat in there, like, you know, venison and things like that. So uh-huh. people are actually taking that. And then they see a black bag and they uh-huh. take the black bag out and they open it. And what falls out? A human head. Oh, gosh. Then I knew they, where it was headed, and it still stunned me. You knew where you were headed. Perfect. <laughs> and then they go ahead Shut and up. go, they keep digging in there, and they find a set of human hands. My gosh. As you can imagine, that kind of turned everybody off about taking anything else. Yeah. And it turned the Mesa County Sheriff's Department on to, we've got to find these people. Uh, so they are they are doing that, and also trying to positively identify the victim who was... Mm. Uh, <clears throat> in that deep freeze. Yeah. So, so that's why they were so quick to just abandon. Like they didn't have, uh-huh. That's why they didn't have a real, a real yeah. problem abandoning everything. And, More than and likely, yeah. But it's a sale. They're going to find them. And I'm just, mm. uh, no thanks. And I love this story. I love this story because I like Snoop Dogg. Snoop revealed that OnlyFans offered him $100 million for a, if you will, nude shot. All right. $100 mil. They wanted him to mm-hmm. show. Yeah. He said no. <laughs> he said no thank you. He said, uh, I, you know, I, I paid attention to the fact that they were offering money and all that, but nah, that's not my thing. Not doing that. Not going to not gonna do it. What's what's another hundred million for a guy like for Snoop? For a guy like you Snoop, know, Snoop Dogg, right? right. Yeah, he's and, like, leave, and, it, leave it to your imagination. You um, got to like that on Snoop. He didn't take the bait, so to speak. Uh, uh, movies opening this weekend. This one's somewhat interesting to me, but also I think a little stupid. ISS, the movie about the world destroys itself, and, the, yeah. and so the Russians and the Americans are on the International Space Station. Mm-hmm. So you imagine, if you will, if you're looking down from the International Space Station and you see nuclear bombs start to go off, which you would see from space, mm-hmm. and you really literally start to see the atmosphere just eat itself, right? And you realize that's the end of that planet. 
But then really, what, imagine that you're up there with, either if you're American with Russians, Russians with Americans, and you get the, the you know, take over the ISS no matter what. Well, two things bother me about that. A, if you're watching the Earth destroy itself, you've already seen what happens in conflict, and maybe you'd think twice about that. But yeah. then secondly, if we're going to basically destroy the planet, the hell do you care about the ISS for? Because you can't get there. <laughs> Wouldn't you send a message that says, please get along? Hopefully come yeah. back and repopulate the planet and start over. Yeah, we bombed each other and destroyed the entire planet. Let's see if we can't do better next time. So to me, the whole, I'm a little intrigued with the storyline. At the same time, it's like, well, that's just stupid. You need, to, you need to go to the opening night of this and just be like, for everyone here, here are some plot holes that I think I found here <laughs> that you guys need to be wary of. <laughs> Did you ever see the Big Bang Theory when they came up with the plot hole? Plot hole for like for, 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 oh, for Big Raiders Bang of the Lost Ark. Oh no, I don't think I have. In the Big Bang. later seasons, or yeah, I, I know middle of the year, middle okay. time. And, and the guys were, you know, in Big Bang Theory, all the nerds, if you will, they were yeah. all the smart guys, the doctors, the PhDs. They were all real big fans of movies and what you would consider quote unquote geeky stuff, which I don't. I, I hate that label, but mm. they were big fans of the of uh, especially Raiders of the Lost Ark. Sheldon was, yeah, and. So his girlfriend points out after watching the movie because she didn't want to watch it, and he, she watches it with him, and Amy, uh, who is his girlfriend, says, you know, Indiana Jones has nothing to do with the outcome of the movie. And then they realize, wait a minute, he didn't. Because no matter what, the Nazis were going to find the Ark, they were going to open the Ark, and they were all going to be killed. So Indiana Jones, there or not, had no bearing on the movie. None. That's, that's one of those where you just go out for a walk and just yeah. rethink your whole life. Right. You, you, I mean, literally, you're like, oh, no, no, that's not true. It's, well, wait a minute. No, he went, no. Well, they, okay. Well, it, they wouldn't have found it without him. Well, you don't know that mm -hmm. because he had the backside of the medallion, blah, blah, blah. You wouldn't have found him with it. Well, maybe they would have anyway. They were right there. I mean, they were right. So really, no bearing. That's, now, that's a plot hole, right? Yeah. I mean, I, is there another plot hole in a movie you can think is that big? Oh, gosh. That I mean, one, the other one on that one is how in the hell did he ride the submarine all the way to the base <laughs> from the outside? They never cover that, right? That's always uh, bothered every me. Every rom-com that I've seen, there's giant plot holes, but I just don't care. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> all right, some uh, some birthdays here that are not sports-related. Actress Katie Seagal from Married with Children. She was always so much fun. Nice. She's a heck of a singer, too, Ace by the rules. way. Uh, Paul Rodriguez is 69. I always liked him. Sean Wayans, one of the uh, Wayans brothers, 53 years old today. Uh, let's see. Frank Caliendo. I think he's fun. He's 50 years old today. Jody Sweeten from Full House. Yeah. Had a tough life afterwards mm -hmm. and then kind of rehab rehabbed herself. Good for her. She is 42 today. That is all. Mm. Uh, you, have you ever heard of the, of the movie The Birds? Is that, is that Alfred the, Hitchcock? Uh, oh, yeah. Tippi Hedren, who starred in that, 94 today. Still kicking? Oh, yeah. Man. Still out there. Uh, and for music. Dolly Parton is 78 today. Wow. God bless you, Dolly. Mm -hmm. Have you ever met anybody who doesn't like her? No. No. How could and you? I never will. How, no. <laughs> and if you do, we can't be friends. Yeah. Right? <laughs> 720 Blitz 1170. He is Bryce Hulse. I'm Rick Corey. That does it for Not Sports. We're taking your text at 918-262-5072. We'd like to know more about your picks for this weekend's NFL football games. When we come back. I want to get you what um, was said about Baker Mayfield by Dan Campbell, the Detroit head coach. You're going to love this if you're a Baker Mayfield fan. And I love the respect it shows 
for the NFL. That's next here on The Blitz. The Blitz text line is always open, 918-262-5072. You can text us anything you want at any time. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on The Blitz 1170 and streaming on The Blitz 1170 app. Ohio State is set to hire former NFL coach Bill O'Brien as the school's new offensive coordinator. O'Brien served as the New England Patriots offensive coordinator in 2023. He has worked with quarterbacks like Bryce Young, Tom Brady, and Deshaun Watson. And former Texas Tech and Arizona Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury is expected to interview for the Chicago Bears offensive coordinator vacancy. The Bears fired former OC Luke Gitsey and four members of the offensive staff on January 10th. Kingsbury was a senior offensive analyst and QB coach for Caleb Williams and USC this past season. That's the Winter World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. We always like hearing from you. We're watching uh, the transfer portal. We're watching uh, the college football. You know, any recruiting news that comes. We have one more signing day left to go. We're watching the NFL playoffs. We're watching it when it comes to football here at the Blitz. 726, he's Bryce Hulse. I'm Rick Corey. We only have a minute, but I want to play this Dan Campbell. You know, Campbell's a guy that it's hard not to like. He's so blue collar. He just seems to be a guy who loves his team and wants to work. Right. You know, he just it's it's been fun watching him. I haven't seen, you know, as I mentioned yesterday, Robert Sala and Sirianni were kind of the thing for a while. And Campbell was just quietly kind of bringing along the the Lions, rebuilding what I think is more of a a workers mentality there. And, and look what's happened. They're suddenly a really good football team. And, oh, yeah. and I, I still don't know if I trust them, and I think that's just because I've watched the Lions for years, right? So yeah. I, I'm still not sure about that. And golf, I'm still not sure I trust, but I think they're a wonderful story. And then yesterday he proved why I think a lot of us do just like the guy. Someone asked him about Baker Mayfield in his news conference, and this actually may have been like Wednesday, and here's what he had to say about Baker. Look, I've always been a Baker fan from afar. I loved him when he was coming out. I tell this story. Um, this, to me, said a lot about him. And I went and worked uh, Blake Andrews out when he was coming out of OU. They came out the same year, tight end. And uh, so, so I went out there. Well, his quarterback, you know, it's cold, but he, he, you know, he comes out there. I think he's got, like, flip-flops on. It's Baker. Baker's going to throw for him. Well, Baker threw for every one of his guys that was coming out that year, and I think he'd already had two private workouts the two days prior, and he had one that afternoon, and I think the one the next day. So that just says a lot about the guy. There's no wonder why people uh, rally around him and follow him because he's that type of teammate, right? I mean, there's a lot of guys who wouldn't do that. Well, i got to save my arm. I've got so-and-so club coming in. That wasn't him. So... Um, you know, you can respect stuff like that now. I like that. You know, I like Dan Campbell. You know, that stuck with him. And, and, and yeah, I have seen guys refuse to throw for guys, too. And most of the time they will because for them it's extra work. And they want to throw. I mean, they're throwing a ton of balls a day anyway. Yeah, want to be on your best, right? Yeah, absolutely. But I can just see Mayfield rolling out there in flip-flops <laughs> in the cold weather and still tossing for his guys. And I think that's really cool. And yep. it was nice to Campbell to have that moment where he actually respected him. And that's that's why one of these games, that, that game to me is going to be a lot of fun. You know, Kansas City and Buffalo is going to be fun. And we, we like the matchup of Mahomes and Josh Allen. There's a little bit of hatred between those two, though, because of, you know, what's happened for Buffalo in the playoffs when they're at Kansas City. 
Uh, but I like I think this Tampa and Detroit game. I just it kind of feels to me like a good old fashioned rugged football game. Yeah, that's the thing is Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. It's it seems like the new era does, of these yeah. old quarterback rivalries that we have. But this is just a very interesting story that we yeah. have with Detroit and, and Baker. And so th- that the fact that that story sticks out, that small mm-hmm. little thing yeah. sticks out so much for Dan Campbell says a lot, I think. I think it does, too. I, I, I think it was really neat for him to say those kinds of things. All right, it's 730 here on the Blitz 1170. We're going to talk to Larry Turner here in just a few minutes going into another Hall of Fame when it comes to high school baseball. Uh, Lance Walker at 810 this morning from OSU Performance Center. We'll talk about uh, their monthly focus when it comes to all of us keeping ourselves fit and in shape, if you will. Uh, when we come back, I want you to be able to hear a little bit about uh, uh, the Bill O'Brien hiring at Ohio State. And, you know, as you start looking into Ohio State, boy, did they do some things offensively. Uh, But I want to get some of O'Brien's background and and tell you why I think this is a reclamation job. It's a little bit like a Saban, and he's already been in Alabama once. But we'll do that coming back and then take your text at 918-262-5072. That's the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line here in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio on the Blitz 1170. The Blitz 1170, your new home for Rich Eisen. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Oklahoma Sooners will be on the road tomorrow as they take on the Big 12 newcomer Cincinnati Bearcats. OU got back on track Wednesday night with a 77-63 victory over West Virginia. Tip-off is on Saturday at noon. The Tulsa Golden Hurricane will be at SMU to face the Mustangs. Both teams are coming off of victories this week. Tulsa hung over 100 points in their win against UTSA. Tip-off is at 2 o'clock tomorrow. You can listen to to that and the pregame starting at 1.30 over on Big Country 99.5. And the Oklahoma State Cowboys are back on the road after suffering a 90-66 home loss against the Kansas Jayhawks this week. They'll be in Manhattan to take on Kansas State. Tip-off is at 6 o'clock with a 5 o'clock pregame starting here on the Blitz. That's the Winter World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Blitz 1170 weather provided by Community Care, your locally owned health plan. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. It's our Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. It's been kind of quiet this morning. I'd love to see that thing heat up a little bit. We'd love to have your predictions on the NFL games for the weekend. 918-262-5072. Here in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studios. Remember when the Oilers are home on a Sunday, you can skate with the players on the ice after the game if you like. You can take your own skates or rent them there. We call it Sunday Fun Day. It's any Sunday the Oilers are home. You can do it with the Oilers and the Blitz 1170. Bryce Hall's in the next room. I'm Rick Corey. Coming up in a few minutes, Larry Turner, head baseball coach at Owasso. <laughs> I'll tell you when we get Larry on the phone some of how long. I and mean, if you know him, then you know Owasso baseball. You already know how long he's been out there, but it's mm. really pretty doggone stunning. All right, I mentioned Bill O'Brien going to um, Ohio State. You know, the interesting thing about a, a guy like Bill O'Brien, who if you look at his career, he's been everywhere. Yep. Uh, you know, Brian started at Brown. He was at Georgia Tech. He was at uh, Maryland, at Duke. He was with the Patriots, and it was a disaster when he was with the Patriots, which kind of tarnished his star a little bit. Then he was at Penn State, and that didn't go great. Then he was with the Texans in Alabama, kind of a reclamation, right, or reclamation a little bit. But he was only there a year before he went back to the Patriots and now moving again. So since 2000, let's say, let's look at 2005, he was at Duke. Then 2007, he was in New England. And then 2012, he was at Penn State. 
took over right after that Sandusky. Yeah, right. Thing. Then 2014 at Houston, so only two years later. Then 2021 at Bama. 2023 at New England. And then right out of there again to Ohio State. The guy's talented. I don't think there's any question. Mm. But he goes to a place where you're not really an offensive coordinator. Ryan Day calls the plays. Kevin Wilson knows this. <laughs> you know, Kevin Wilson was the offensive coordinator before he came here to Tulsa. Not saying that they don't corroborate. I'm sure they do. I mean, I don't know what goes on in their huddle, but you're not calling the plays. Yeah, it could that, be a it could be a strategy of control, right? I mean, someone that you can control a little bit. Ryan Day has been the play caller since he got the head coaching job. Now, he did say that uh, Brian Hartline, who was a former wide receiver there, was after, you know, he's been the offensive coordinator after Kevin left and came here. And and before the season started, Ryan Day said, you know, he'll eventually start calling plays. Well, now Bill O'Brien's here. Does that mean Bill O'Brien's going to call plays? It's really unlikely. When you hire someone to be an offensive coordinator and it's by name only, mm. I mean, you have a game plan, you're involved in the game plan, you may actually put most of the game plan together. But then yeah. you take it to the field and you have no say on what goes on. I say no say. I'm sure there's talk. But mm. there's certainly the guy at the top doing that. Now, look who they have to call play. I mean, not only is it Ryan Day likely calling most of the plays, and I don't know how much they're going to trust him if they're just going to turn it over to him, but they got Will Howard transferring in at quarterback. They've got one of the better running backs in the nation back in Trayvon Henderson, and they got Quinshawn Junkins. <laughs> and that's just at running back and quarterback. Now, they're losing guys. You know, they're losing Harrison and, and guys like that. They'll have some back, and that's been wide receiver you the last few years. So I'm not really at all worried that they're not going to be really good offensively. But I wonder, can he actually give that up at all in his play calling? And would you take a job where you're the play caller or the offensive coordinator in name alone? You're going to get a lot of blame. You're going to get You're going to get credit. But at the end of the day, you can be the scapegoat. I th- I can't imagine taking a job under those pretenses. Well, I, I've seen that situation with um, Henson, who I believe Josh Henson, if, if I forget his name, forgive me, but he was at Oklahoma State as the offensive line coach, mm-hmm. took a job at Texas A&M, and then uh, went to USC as the co-offensive coordinator. And obviously, yeah, you're getting an upgrade in pay and everything. I think that's a situation where I would probably take it myself just because everyone and their dog knows <laughs> Lincoln Riley is the one calling plays there. Like, no, you know, so in terms of blame, it, it's kind of hard to completely get blame on, on the on the offensive coordinator in name only because you all know what's exactly going on. I could see this being a situation with Ryan Day is finding somebody to just bring in and mold this new quarterback for your system because Bill O'Brien has had a history with good quarter with good quarterbacks. You don't mold it's, a guy who's been who's like Will Howard. He's already mm-hmm. what he is. If it was a young quarterback, I would see it. Mm-hmm. But Will Howard's Will Howard and you're not going to change. But do you think you need to adjust him to Ohio State and how they run things as opposed to Kansas State at all? Well, that'll happen just naturally because mm-hmm. you're going to be in that system and the system's going to be a little bit different. But yeah. you're not gonna you're not gonna change him. You didn't sign him out of the portal to change him. You signed him out to of the portal to, to be to, to be Will Howard, right? But that doesn't mean that you can't clean some things up, maybe in motions or throwing or whatever. I'm not sure. Yeah. But you're not gonna change his game. It's not gonna happen. You're not gonna get a transfer and change his game. Not a guy mm-hmm. who's that been around that long. 
Yeah. And speaking of that, we've got the record for the longest college career coming up a little later on today. <laughs> yeah, we've heard of seven-year guys. Pfft, nothing Whatever. as compared to what we're going to have. So I I think it, it at best is a difficult situation. I know of a I know personally of one situation where that happened. Well, I know of more than one, but I know of one where I got a lot of information about it. And I know the guy who took that position said, I would never, ever in my life do that again. And I, I can who see who it. took the offensive kit, like the in name only type mm-hmm. situation. Okay. Yep. Right. And and was told, Yeah, this is the title, but really here's what's gonna happen. And did it because it was in his mind the right thing to do at the time, but told us never again, not a chance, no way. Mm-hmm. I cannot imagine. And you know, if you in Friday Day, what, I mean, I don't know if Ryan Day is going to give up play calling or not. I mean, if you look at what O'Brien did, I mean, he had a—he's only a one-year run at Alabama, and it was fine because it was Alabama, right? And they were really better than everybody. But it was a disaster in the NFL. Now, this is the NFL; it's college, yeah, where he was okay. So, do you turn that over, or is this another one of those in name only? Because you really just want the coach, but you're still doing all those things. I wouldn't take the job that way personally. Mm. Now, if they offer you double your salary, maybe then it's kind of. Forcing your hand a little bit. <laughs> well, how do you, if if that's the case, let's say you're the in name only, and I again I've not been in the back rooms of all these things. I'm conjecturing, and you can do it with me at nine one eight two six two five zero seven two. But let's say it's the in name only, and you're aware of that. Now the coordinators have to go meet the media. Mm-hmm. Now you have to go defend something that you had no say in, <laughs> more than likely, or or you had some say in, yeah. but it wasn't your final call. And people will certainly ask the head coach those same questions. But you're going to have to go defend that stuff. And if it's not what you believed in, Mm. how do you do that? You feel like you have to kind of sell your integrity at some point, right? You know, in terms of the way you feel about that job, to go there every day and feel like you're lying in some sense. Well, I don't know that you'd feel that every day. I really don't. I think you'd probably feel a little bit powerless in some cases Mm. every day. But it's going in front of the media or that post game or listening or watching or reading all the people who are just ripping your offense when maybe that wasn't you. Turn the cameras off. I'll tell you what's really yeah. what's really going on. Yeah, well, the one situation I was really, really close to, he said, you know that's not me, right? You know I'm not mm. doing that. And he said, yes, I completely understand that. Yeah. And that's when he said, I'd never do that again. And, that, and, and I understand it. I, I thought the hire was a nice hire. I think pretending that he's going to come in and run stuff and, you know, offensive coordinator carries a title with it that you would think has to do with that. And mm-hmm. I'm sure, again, he's in part of the play calling. But I, that just that gets me. I've never and, – and the other thing is I don't think head coaches generally – head coaches are too busy to do that. And if they're, if they're not too busy to do that, then maybe they're not doing everything else. And I'm sure there are guys who can segment and do it right. But your average – Of course, average coaches don't generally get to be head coaches. I think it's really hard. I think it's really hard to run an entire team as a CEO and go do that. You know, that's the reason Mike Gundy gave up play calling a while back. Now, I'm sure he's still involved. Absolutely. Does he have the last say? And if he says on the headset, this is what we're doing, that's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. But I do get the feeling there are more real offensive coordinators. I think Levy had control at Oklahoma. You name it. Down, I mean, I know Gus had control at Tulsa. Chad had control at Tulsa. I get all those things. That one, to me, though, seems a little strange from that standpoint. And they have a ton to work with offensively. I think mm-hmm. it'll be really interesting. Because if they lose to Michigan again, the problem but, is Ryan oh, Day at it's that re, point. It's red alert, I think. Yeah. The problem at that point is Ryan Day. 
great, great rosters, put together great teams, can't win in big moments. So if you're if you're if you're already dealing with that, and you put the pressure of making of being the play caller on there, I think it's hard. Now, I mean, I'd have to talk to somebody who calls their own plays all the time, uh, and and just say, I mean, how do you handle it? How do you mm-hmm. segment it out? And I'm, I'm sure they're going to tell me, well, you know, it's just part of the day and the job and all that. I get that. And the more you become a CEO, and the more you can delegate, maybe that becomes easier because you don't maybe worry about some other things. If you hire the right people and put them in places and say, I trust you to do this, then you let them go do it. Then, all right, if that's the case, then maybe I can spend more time doing that. I find it an interesting hire. I'll just put it like that. 748 here on the Blitz 1170. Coming up in just a moment, we're going to talk to Larry Turner. He's the head baseball coach at Owasso for 42 years. Man. He started there at the same time I started in radio. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. Uh, his record better than mine. 1248 and 288. Yep. He played in Owasso. He was their first All-Stater. I mean, he's just a great story. He's going into yet another Hall of Fame. We'll talk to him about that in high school baseball in Oklahoma in a moment. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Triad Eye Institute and their $3,600 LASIK special. I told you last month you were running out of time. Unfortunately for all of us last month, hey, they extended it. They will not do it this time, I have been told without question, not doing it. They will end this LASIK special Jan, at the end of January, okay? For February 1, LASIK is more expensive. So right now, you can get the best deal you will ever have on LASIK at Triad moving forward at $3,600. Now, that still can be a nice chunk of change. I get it. So how about if you uh, ask about 0% financing, which they have available? So now, you've got the best price. And if you think about it, 1800 bucks an eye, basically, is what that is. To be able to see again? Oh, that's worthwhile. Then you get 0% financing, it becomes even more worthwhile, and I can get you a free screening to make sure that LASIK is what you need. It is the most performed eye surgery in America, but not everybody needs it. I had to have lens replacement, and I had that surgery at Triad. Completely painless. Recovery time is a nap. It was really as simple as it gets. So go to triadeye.com. Look up all their locations all over Oklahoma. They're way down on McAllister, all the way up in Bartlesville. They're over Muskogee. They're here in Tulsa. They're in uh, Claremore, Pryor, and Grove. Go to any of those places, get a free screening. Your surgery is done here with fellowship-trained cornea expert, Dr. Ryan Conley. You'll love it. It's painless, and you'll see again. Throw away your glasses today with Triad Eye Institute. The Blitz 1170, your new home for Dan Patrick. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The ORU Golden Eagles dropped their game against North Dakota last night, 87-77. Isaac McBride had 30 points. Kareem Thompson added 19 points and 8 rebounds. The Tulsa Golden Hurricane will be at SMU to face the Mustangs. Both teams are coming off victories this week. Tulsa hung over 100 points in their win against UTSA. Tip-off is at 2 o'clock tomorrow. You can listen to that and the pregame starting at 1.30 over on Big Country 99.5. And former Texas Tech and Arizona Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury is expected to interview for the Chicago Bears offensive coordinator vacancy. The Bears fired former OC Luke Getze and four members of the offensive staff on January 10th. Kingsbury was a senior offensive analyst and quarterback coach for Caleb Williams and USC this past season. That's the Winter World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.